All right, welcome to this week's podcast of the home. Uh, first off, I wanted to let you guys know um, that we're starting. The home is starting. June 3rd, we're having our first evening service. Um, and I guess the best way I can promote this, if that's the right word to even use, is um, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Um because that's going to be our main platform of, of letting everybody know, hey, we're starting. Because um, what comes into that, yeah, we're starting June 3rd, but right now we don't have a location. We're kind of in negotiation with, uh, with two venues right now. So trying to figure out where we're going to go and what it's going to look like. So sorry for the, I don't know what the word is, craziness of that, but... It is what it is. That's what that's what you get when you're starting something hot and fresh. Uh, yes, it's gonna be nice. I can't wait. I can't wait to be actually like preaching in front of people instead of just this uh, creepy microphone and sitting in my apartment and hoping people don't think I'm talking to myself as they walk by my door. So, but whatever. We're still gonna do it. We're gonna just do it. So this week, yeah, so follow us on Instagram and Facebook. That's the way we're going to let you guys know what's going on. Um, and maybe even follow me and Blake's uh, personal Instagram and Facebook page also uh, so we can, because uh, we're going to try to use all all different platforms or, or those different platforms to uh, keep you guys updated because we want you to be there, obviously, because uh, it's going to be sweet. Uh, so anyways, let's... Uh, Let's get to the like truly important stuff. So this week we're going to be talking about, uh, well, first, I've been thinking about the word intimacy and like what it means to have divine relationship with the Father. Um, as, as I don't know if you were listening at the beginning, but early on I was really obsessed with Moses and and how he had such intimacy with the Father without... Um, uh, in in the old covenant, right? But, uh, old Testament Holy Spirit has not uh, has not technically uh, invaded Earth um, at a widespread. Okay, so we're going to be kind of talking about um, what the veil means. Uh, so if you don't know what the veil means, this is going to be pretty cool for you. Um, and I I was sitting at the at the dinner table last night preparing for this. Um, and I was geeking out with Madison. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so eye-opening. This is nuts. Um, so first, let's just, let's just start off with where most people um, envision the veil, okay? So Matthew 27, um, I, the context around where I'm going to be picking up in the story is Jesus is on the cross. He got beat up, he got mocked, and he's about to die for all of mankind, and that's where we're going to start. Okay, so he's on the cross, Matthew 27, 45, and I'm going to read through 54, so bear with me. 45 is, now on the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice saying, and forgive me, Eli, Eli, lama shakbakthani. That is, which means, my God, 
my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yelled up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple, or the veil of the temple, was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were also opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of their tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion of those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were all filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. So, pretty intense. (laughs) Pretty intense moment um, on the scene. So Jesus dies, and immediately the world gets shaken up, right? So first, the po- first point is um, first point I want to hit on this, and I mean I I have a lot to say in all this, and frankly I'm still processing through some of it. But the first point is it's when Jesus does anything, your world will be shaken up, and in today's language that's kind of a, net- a negative thing, um, but not in this case at all. And I'll, I'll visit I'll visit this again, so don't forget this. Um, but the second point is the veil was torn, and this is where we're going to spend most of our time, obviously, because uh, you, know, you clicked on the podcast and it's titled Veil, so we're going to be talking about the veil. Uh, we're not going to be talking about brownies or anything because it's titled The Veil, okay? I bet um, in that story that I just read, um, you know what? First, Madison always reminds me, and she always looks at me and is like, that's truth. That actually happened. That's like crazy. That actually happened. And I bet some of your attention was drawn to the people coming out of the tombs who were dead and started walking around on earth. Frankly, mine was too. And honestly, I don't know what that means, what the significance of that is, and why it was only referenced in the Gospel of Matthew. So I guess what I'm trying to say is just do your own study and I'll do the same. And maybe I'll talk about it soon, but we'll see. So anyways, the second point is the veil was torn. This may not seem like a big deal, um, but it's very significant in our faith walks. Okay, so let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And let me explain to you the veil and the tabernacle. And warning, this is a lot of information, but bear with me because it all will make sense at the end. Okay, so just... Please don't get bored and just say, oh, this guy's just rambling on nothing and I don't really care. Just humor me, listen till the end, and I I promise the Lord has something for you. So let's talk about the veil. The veil was 60 feet long, so like tall, 60 feet tall, and 30 feet wide, and 8 centimeters thick. Okay, So this was a huge curtain, huge veil, and it weighed around 4 tons. If I'm getting all my facts straight, I, I looked at a lot of different things, and they all said about the same, the same thing. So, take it 
okay? 60 feet tall, 30 feet wide, and 8 centimeters thick. So a massive thing. And the veil hid or masked the Holy of Holies, okay? Uh, in the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant was there, and that's where the Spirit of the Lord would rest, okay? Uh, bear with me again. This is a fire hose of info, but it all has to do with the sermon at large, okay? The veil was in place to um, separate, okay? I'm going to use that word, separate God from sinners, because he is separate from sinners because God is perfect, yes? Good, I'm glad you agree. And the veil, the veil and and all of this, the Holy of Holies stuff was in the tabernacle, okay? Uh, this, uh, this is gonna test my communication skills at large because uh, usually I'd get to like show you a picture uh, but I don't, I don't get to show you a picture, so I get to try to use my words to describe the magnitude of what is happening in this thing called the tabernacle, okay? The tabernacle is a place of worship, and it's a place of getting right with God. Or, in other words, and I've even put some of these on, it's just a prayer night, prayer station night. Um, it has all these stations to get you focused on God and get you to an end goal, which is the Holy of Holies. All of this is mapped out in Exodus. Um, God, the Lord gives instructions on what his house should be set up as. And keep in mind, this is an Old Testament, Old Covenant. See, you're getting it raw. Did you hear that car? This, this whole, the, the majority of this is an Old Testament, Old Covenant thing. And, you know, I, I'm even going to take it as far as I think we should kind of go back to it. Um, but... It all points to Jesus, and I'll explain. I'll explain why. Aside from the telling us the Bible telling us why. So picture this tabernacle with me, okay? So the tabernacle is made up of what is called the courts and the sanctuary. For visual representation, I'm going to help you out. So the courts is kind of uh, the front yard, if you will, of the tabernacle. Okay, and the sanctuary is the probably the literal house. Okay, um, but it's all God's house. But in to have that picture, the the courts is the front yard where most people can just kind of come. Okay, then it goes inside, and that's more of the Father's house and more of the reverence and more of the intimacy that is moving um, towards the holy of holies. Okay. So before you even got to the tabernacle, you'd come to a gate. So uh, I'm a painter, and when you pull up to a house that has a gate on it, you know that you're going to be in store for a pretty sweet house, okay? So this, this tabernacle has a gate on it, okay? So you know it's nice. And the symbol of that gate is there's only one entrance, Okay, you can walk around this whole entire premises, and there's only one entrance, unless you're you're jumping over the walls. But good luck. Um, there's only one entrance in, which is a symbol of the Messiah to come. Yes, one entrance into the Father's house, aka Jesus Christ. Okay, so you walk in into the one entrance, and in the front front yard, you walk into a bronze altar. Of sacrifice, which symbolizes Jesus, Jesus uh, paying a sacrificial death for us. 
God saves sinners. Yeah? Okay? Then you look around and you see a bronze laver. I think I'm saying that right. Sorry if I'm not. Um, but this is where you would cleanse, cleanse yourself. Um, cleanse yourself in water and spirit and come to the Lord with clean hands and a clean heart. And this just shows that God cleanses sinners. Okay? Pretty straightforward. This is easy stuff. Then you would come to another door um, to go into the sanctuary or go inside the, the actual building of the house. Um, and at this point, you would have you would have accepted Jesus as your savior, savior and are moving towards a deeper relationship with God through being more like him and cleansing yourself, right? God cleanses sinners and God sacrificed for sinners. God saves sinners. Yes? Okay. After walking through the door, you would see a seven-branched menorah. Okay? That is essentially a, a candlestick. Yeah, candlestick. Or a light, which symbolizes the seven spirits of God. And this is all, you can find this seven spirits of God in Isaiah 11, 1 through 2. And the seven spirits are um, knowledge of the Lord, Counsel of Lord of the Lord, wisdom of the Lord, um, Yahweh, understanding, strength, and fear of God. Okay, so you get to there, you'd light each one of those, and God gives light to sinners. God gives all those downloads to us: knowledge, counsel, wisdom, understanding, strength, fear, all of those. He gives those. He gives light, gives revelation, if you will. Um, then walking further, you would walk to a table of shoe bread, as I think how you say it, which is an acknowledgement of Jesus being the bread of life, right? You've, you've heard that tossed around and, and said um, in, some, uh, in some circles uh, where it's just God's, God is um, fellowship with sinners. God fellowships with sinners. Cool. Then, I'm trying to keep up in my notes so I don't get too ahead of myself. Uh, then finally, you would come to the golden altar of incense. Okay. This is where you would light incense and pray and worship him as you are looking and staring at this huge curtain slash veil, which shields you from the Holy of Holies. Okay. So this incense um, just is a symbol of God hearing sinners, which is very comforting, right? Uh, to anybody, that's very comforting, and you should love that. So at this point, uh, I'm trying to get across is you have to do all of this before you could even look at the curtain, okay? So the curtain is the thing that is separating um, all of these other things uh, from the Ark of the Covenant, which is God, Okay, so you would have to do all of these things until you're focused, but you still haven't even entered the presence of God. Okay, you're focused on the Lord, but you still aren't in his presence. And remember, I'm going to continue to really remind you this. This is Old Testament and Old Covenant stuff. Okay, but it still goes on today in the Jewish community. And my opinion is I think it should be done more in the Christian community. Imagine the reverence Christians and we would have and the fear of the Lord we would have if we had to go through all of these steps just to come into the presence of the Lord. 
pretty humbling, right? It's pretty cool, actually. I love that. Um, so you you might have heard of uh, something, and I'm probably am pronouncing this wrong too, but forgive me. You may have heard of Yom Kippur, okay, which means the Day of Atonement, okay, and atonement means the action of making amends for your for a wrong or injury. And this only happens one day a year. And it is making yourself right with God again due to our sin nature. The crazy thing is we could do all of those steps, the sacrifice, the cleansing, the light, the bread, the incense, and guess what? We couldn't even go into the Holy of Holies. Whoa. Like, could you imagine right now, okay, let's... Take our take our perspective off of Old Covenant and Old Testament onto New Covenant and New Testament. Could you imagine right now in 2017 that we couldn't enter the present uh, the presence of God? I can't even I can't even wrap my mind around that. I mean I I I'm one of those people who just loves to be in the presence of God, and it's it's a longing in me, and I don't even know. And I don't. I feel weird even saying this, but I don't even know how they stayed motivated for God without even getting to see His presence. Because only the high priest was allowed to go into the holy of holies. Only the high priest was allowed to go behind that curtain. I know this is a lot, but. I'm about to get to the cool stuff, okay? So just bear with me for a little bit. In the Old Covenant and the Old Testament, you could do all of those things and you still couldn't enter the presence of God. Only the high priest was allowed to go in. Why? You know, why? Why Why was he held to a higher standard and we're in this uh, era of everybody should be equal and why, Ma, why, shouldn't, why shouldn't I be able to go in there? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, because if you were the high priest, if you weren't the high priest, you would die if you would go into the Holy of Holies. Like dead, straight dead, not breathing. That's amazing. Here's another fun fact. The priest who would walk in had to tie a rope around his waist because he might even die, and they'd have to pull the dead guy out of there. What? This is crazy stuff. Here's another one. The priest had had to light incense at the altar, and they would bring it in because if they didn't, they couldn't handle the fullness of God. Because you see what that smoke did, what that incense did was, uh, I mean, envision that you're at like a a haunted house. This is a terrible analogy, but I'm going for it. You're at a haunted house and it's got all that fog and smoke and you can't see that well, which helps me in haunted houses because I don't like that kind of stuff because it scares me and I don't like to be scared. But the same kind of thing is the the high priest had to walk in with the incense to shield his eyes from the fullness and the the thickness of of God. That's pretty crazy. Are you seeing what I'm getting at though? And this is just take it for what it's worth, okay? The presence of God has to kill you. 
Let that sink in. If you walked in there and didn't fear him enough, you would die. If you walked in there and didn't know him enough, you would die. If you walked in to the Holy of Holies, you would drop dead. Hey, and guess what? I would drop dead too. And don't take from this that God is a killer because obviously he's not. He gives life and he fulfills life and he creates life. He's not a killer. But take it in a way of how much actual glory the Lord has. That we can't even handle it. The curtain was essentially a protecting, uh, a, a, a protection from us or for us so that we wouldn't die. Because it was that intense. So why am I telling you this? And why? Do, how does it have anything to do with intimacy and the relationship with the Father? So if you remember, I read Matthew 27, and I'm going to reference 50 um, and verses 50 and 51. And it reads, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The curtain, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom in two. This is a big deal. The veil protected us. The veil showed that God is separate from sinners. The veil separated us from the Spirit and the presence of the Lord, and it just got torn in two. And a curtain that was 60 feet tall, 30 feet wide, 8 centimeters thick, tore in two, and I envision it falling to the ground. This is big. Think of the noise that, that it made when it tore in two. You know? you. I always laugh at the guys who try to tear the phone book in two and the noise that it makes. Imagine a 60-foot-tall curtain getting torn in two. And imagine it falling in the air that, pushed, that it pushed when it fell to the ground. Four tons torn in two. And the Ark of the Covenant is just sitting there. And guess what? Only Jesus died. No one else died in this entire story. This, the, I mean, it would have made more sense if 50 and 51 uh, were all that you read. And that uh, maybe, well, frankly, the Bible would have ended. <laughs> and every, because everybody would have died. Because we know that our God is omnipresent everywhere. And if... Only the high priest, and sometimes the high priest would even die if he walked in there. Now there's no curtain, there's no separation, and the curtain falls, and it's torn in two, and now everybody's exposed. You would think everybody would die. No one else died, though. Just Jesus. Hebrews 4.14 says, so then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. The ultimate high priest tore the veil in two through dying on the cross for our sins. That's intense, right? 
God is no longer separate from sinners. Okay, keep that in the back of your mind. We're going to shift gears a little bit. Not too much. Um, it's all going to make sense, I promise. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 3 through 18. And I'm turning there and I'm there. 3 through 18. And I'm going to read it all to you, so bear with me. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. This is cool, okay? Verse 7. Now, if the ministry of death, carved in letters on stone, came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which is being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent will have glory. Okay, let's stop there. Think of... um, I'm not too big of too big of a sports fan, but let me try to appeal to some of you sports fans. Think of a guy who ah, never mind, maybe I shouldn't do this, but bear with me. Okay, think of a guy who set the record first. Okay? So, uh for a per- perfect example, a guy won the players championship at 21. Envision the guy who set that first record. I think he was 23 who won the players. And then this 21, you're not thinking of that guy who was 23 anymore. You're thinking of the guy who just won at 23. The same kind of thing is you're not thinking of the old stuff. You're not thinking of what what you did have. You're thinking of, whoa, this is, this is amazing. Can you believe that just happened? Okay, so let's move on. Verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses who would put a veil over his face so, the, so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. But their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Okay, so there's a lot in there. Um, So let's get to the point of it all. If Moses with the Ten Commandments of God came down from the mountain glowing, right, which was 
quite the spectacle. What more should we have access to with the Holy Spirit? Okay, so we can agree that the Old Covenant was when the veil was intact. Okay, New Covenant is when the veil was torn in two and the curtain is gone. Okay, so Moses came with incredible glory then when the curtain was still up. Imagine what can happen now with the curtain down and the curtain removed and it's gone. Let's take it a step further. In 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it says, We are God's temple. God calls our bodies his house, his tabernacle. When we turn to the Lord, the veil is removed. Okay, did that blow your mind? He calls us his tabernacle. Wow, that's pretty cool. If we are still stuck in old religious ways and old covenant, we won't see that Jesus is Savior. When we see that Jesus is Savior and Lord, the veil from our eyes is removed. And if you know me, I'm not a high priest at all. Okay? I don't know at all. I don't have a degree in anything. I paint houses and I just have a huge passion for the Lord. It uh, doesn't make me a high priest because high priests knew a lot and they were very smart guys. Okay? Chances are you aren't either. Okay? I'm going to take a risk. You're probably not either. Uh, what does it mean when the veil is torn in the temple? And we aren't high priests. We die, right? I'm going to journey to say, and frankly, I know I'm right, we have to die to receive Christ. Okay? Uh, what do I mean? I don't mean as die and go in the ground sense, okay? But we have to die to our desires, our goals, our wants, and live as the Lord wants us to, calls us to, directs us to live. If the glory was so strong on a tablet, how much stronger is the glory when it permeates our entire lives? Because the Lord calls us his temple, his tabernacle. If the glory was so strong to end someone in the Holy of Holies, how much stronger will it be in our ministry now that the Holy Spirit indwells us? This is all incredible stuff, right? And I think we take it for granted a lot. I think we we almost use this cheap cheap uh, Christianity where oh the the veil's down so I can I can go into the presence whenever I want and sometimes it's disrespectful. <laughs> Just because God uh, tore that down doesn't mean that we should walk in with all of our sin and all of our junk. I mean, there is a cleansing and sanctification process. You see, when Jesus yelled, it is finished, and the veil was torn, he was yelling, I finally get to have intimacy with everyone, not just the quote-unquote qualified. When he yelled, it is finished, and the veil tore in two, it meant no more religion but relationship. The veil being torn gave us a deeper access to the Father's work here on earth. 
and it makes it all more true. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Pretty epic, right? Imagine the the things the high priest saw in the Holy of Holies. Now the curtain's down, and we're in the new covenant. And imagine the access that we have. Imagine the, the power that the Lord's called us to. Imagine the giftings that the Lord has assigned to us. Moses' ministry was pretty cool, right? We can all agree on that. He did amazing things. But this passage in 2 Corinthians 3 says, There's so much more in store. There's so much more intimacy to be had. There's so much more relationship to be had. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is everywhere. Because we have access to everything. That we get to be a part of the Lord's kingdom and, and it's growing here on earth. This is all freaking awesome stuff. We have to die to receive Christ. We have to, we have to put all of our all of our stuff aside and say, Lord, I'm all of yours. And I think that's a lot of the reason why some of the high priests had to be drug out by that rope. Because <laughs> a lot of the religious leaders back then were very full of themselves. So if you remember at the top of this message, we I said the first point is when Jesus does anything, your world will be shaken up. When the veil was torn, the world was shaken up. Now you have the Lord living inside of you. Your world is going to be shaken up. Your desires are going to be shaken up. Your wants are going to be shaken up. So, pretty cool, huh? Pretty sweet that the imagery and the symbolism that the Lord loves to use um, from Old Covenant to New Covenant and saying, hey, this is my son. You've been worshiping him for a long time. You've been begging for him for a long time. You've been doing all this stuff in the tabernacle for a long time in hopes of Messiah. And now it's here. And now the New Covenant's here. pretty cool pretty cool well I think that's it I think that's all I've got so don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook um, to keep in the know of what we're doing we are just starting out and we're having a blast doing it see you next week